0: On today's episode of Sports Medicine Weekly, we talk about the COVID-19 vaccine mandates, some interesting numbers both in the U.S. and worldwide. We also discussed safety of the vaccine and its effectiveness and also the path to herd immunity. Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Cole, the biggest vaccination campaign in history is going on. Bloomberg has been tracking the numbers. We're going to get into that, but first of all, a word from a couple of our sponsors. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to JRFOrtho.org to learn more. Sign up to be a tissue donor at Donate Life. Net. This episode also brought to you in part by Karen Malkin's Protein Brownie Bar and Superfood Bars. Best tasting bars on the market. They're certified gluten-free paleo, no added sugar. Karen's Protein Brownie Bars and Superfood Bars available on Amazon and at Karen Malkin, K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N. Dr. Cole, current stats. Uh, these are taken from Bloomberg, Bloomberg as of early November. Uh, 57% of the U.S. population fully vaccinated. That's 188 million people in the U.S. 425 million doses have been given so far. More than 7 billion doses administered across 184 countries. That's 93 shots for every 100 people worldwide. So, Dr. Cole, first question. let's we'll see if you know which country is
1: doing the best in vaccinations. Uh, Steve, so, you know, this episode, I think, is timely. Uh, many of us in our workplaces are facing uh, uh, variations in this uh, so-called uh, vaccine mandate, and I will tell you that it's absolutely making a difference. All you and I have to do is think back to a year ago what life was like and think about what it's like now, and it's we're in an entirely different space. So it's it, what's fascinating is there are uh, there is a significant amount of variability around the world. Actually, Cuba, believe it or not, leads the world with 228 doses per wow. 100 people administered. Right, it's crazy. And you know, in contrast, in the United States, 128 doses have been administered for every 100 people. But you know, as 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 we talk about this, you know, this is as the this is really timely in the first part of November. In the last week, the United States has averaged 1.13 million doses every day um, as being administered. So that's about 30 million doses globally being administered each day. So at this point, where are we? About 47. 47.7% of the world has received at least one dose of the vaccine.
0: What do you, what do you think? Pretty good? I mean, uh, not as good as everyone wants it for those of us who are vaccinated and want to see everybody vaccinated. But when you see some of those numbers, Dr. Cole, what do you think?
1: Well, I think because, the you know, and this is a, it, it, it's a difficult topic because even in my office on a weekly basis when I'm seeing patients, I always ask about vaccine status. And it's still somewhat shocking the percentage of people who are not vaccinated. Uh, obviously, we're doing very well in, you know, first world countries that have the economic capacity are the ones who are generally most successful. Uh, so those with the highest incomes are getting vaccinated more than 20 times faster than those with the lowest income. So. We are doing well in the United States, but it still is regional. And it still, unfortunately, uh, is embedded in a political narrative, which is amazing to me because this is a, a public health problem that has been embroiled in a, in a political narrative, which they really never should be mixed. And I still, the, the explanations I get from people, are astounding it's stunning what people still perceive based upon uh various uh, media outlets and so forth and where they're getting their information so you know where are we we are 47.7% of the uh, of the world being uh, vaccinated within one with one dose um, I think that's just okay. Obviously it's a whole lot better than where we were a year ago. And it's the reason that you and I can uh, uh, coexist with a more uh, normal life. And most important uh, is, most importantly is that the vaccine is working. And we'll talk about some of those numbers and how well it actually is working. So I'm hoping that this episode will enlighten a few individuals who have been uh, reticent to pursue the vaccine for themselves or for their families.
0: Yeah, and Dr. Cole, I think what jumps out, not only maybe um, you mentioned the political angle, but uh, people are still asking how safe are the vaccinations. You know, you hear uh, some moms and dads, too, saying, boy, should I give it to my young ones? Will it affect, um, you know, the way they're able to have uh, children uh, in the future? Um, You know, pregnancies, pregnant women, um, you know, what what do you think about the the safety? What can you uh,
1: lend to that? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. These vaccines, even in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, uh, what, what we knew is that the techniques that were being utilized were used almost immediately in terms of genetic sequencing of the virus and so forth. And this is science that's been around for decades. It's not new. While they were developed rapidly, all steps were taken to ensure their safety and effectiveness, and that's what the FDA's oversight provided. Uh, they are not experimental. They went through all the required stages of clinical trials, just like other vaccines, and they've undergone extensive testing and monitoring, and they've, they have conclusively shown that the vaccines are safe and effective, and they continue to be monitored, uh, probably uh, under the most scrutiny. The most intensive safety monitoring in, in, the, in the history of the United States has uh, been the part of the process as these vaccines have come forth and it's not just what's happened to date it's what's happening on a go-forward basis because now we have real data as people undergo vaccinations and the, some of the, the data in terms of their efficacy is 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 shocking
0: yeah so that's the question then uh, how effective are the covid shots
1: So this is what we know. Uh, Vaccines can keep you from getting and spreading the virus that causes COVID-19, and and if you do get it, and I I had a breakthrough infection, it can prevent you from getting seriously ill if you get COVID-19. I think that's the thing that's particularly interesting is that you might get it, and these percentages about severe illness are very, very rare, very, very real the people in the hospital the people that are dying are not generally uh, uh vaccinated individuals so it's important to get vaccinated even if you've already had covid-19 there's evidence that's emerging that people actually get better protection by being being fully vaccinated compared with the antibodies that they get after having covid-19 in fact one study showed that unvaccinated people who already had covid are more than two times as likely than fully vaccinated people to get covid again so uh, the, thing, the number that I focus on is that the new data indicates that unvaccinated Americans are 11 times more likely to die if they get COVID-19 than their vaccinated counterparts.
0: That, that jumps out at you, doesn't it? I mean, that just, um, you know, because a year ago we were talking about instead of how many people were vaccinated, how many deaths there were. Remember New York City? They, they didn't have enough morgues. And, you know, I mean, they yeah. couldn't handle the number of people that were uh, dying from COVID-19. And, and then, the, you know, the vaccinations come out. And I think that's a number that jumps out that, you know, get the vaccination. There's fewer deaths, right?
1: Yeah, I remember my colleagues because we shut down with elective surgery in uh, the March, April timeframe. My colleagues were pushing gurneys down the hall. The orthopedic hospital where I trained, hospital for special surgery, was essentially converted to a, a triage-type area for managing these patients. Oh. There was a boat in the East River that uh, I don't think actually got, ever got utilized, uh, a, a bit like what uh, was seen in Chicago with McCormick Place. But, you know, it was... It was crazy and it was it was utter chaos and it was at a time where really healthcare was rational was rationed at that time and then we're still seeing instances of that i recently had a patient who uh, it's a terribly sad story that was in texas and um uh, his son was uh, uh, had COVID, was hospitalized, and they literally did not have a ventilator to put him on, and he died. Whether or not it would have happened that way anyway, well, I would have no way of knowing. But the point is that it's unprecedented to, in our society, first world country, to be in a situation where health care is actually critical health care that can save lives was actually being rationed.
0: Wow really something uh, so then we talk about the effectiveness okay and kind of kind of got into this a little bit but um, people want to know Dr Cole, how effective are the the covid uh, shots and the vaccinations
1: Yeah so I think Steve the, the real challenge to the vaccination was so you know how does it perform against the existing variant that when the at the time the vaccine was developed and then how well did it do when with the delta variant and even after the delta variant became pervasive, the vaccine protection has shown to remain very, very strong. Compared to vaccinated adults, uh, those who are not fully vaccinated vaccinated were 4.5 times as likely to become infected and 10 times as likely to be hospitalized. And again, 11 times as likely to die of COVID. So there's some really fascinating statistics. Um, There was an analysis of nearly... 33,000 patient visits in nine states and they they actually showed that even as the delta variant predominated the vaccine still had an overall effectiveness of 86% at preventing hospitalization. Now that didn't mean one may not get, uh, get a breakthrough infection um but they were prevented from being hospitalized the vast majority of the time and they were far less likely to die. So They also were less uh, protective for adults age over 75. So what seems to be pervasive is that older age remains a risk factor, and that's the reason why the boosters were initially um, approved for older individuals because despite being vaccinated, even older individuals uh, remain exposed to a higher hospitalization and a higher death rate even if vaccinated, but still they were uh, incredibly well protected uh, from serious disease and death. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the different types of vaccines, Steve. So, you know, what has proven to be true is that the Moderna vaccine has the highest efficacy rate, about 95%, but that's at preventing severe disease. Um, uh, they, they, that's compared to about 80% for, Pfizer, for the Pfizer vaccine about 60% for the J&J vaccine. So they all do exceptionally well at preventing severe disease. Uh, some do less well at preventing one from getting the disease, but they're all very, very effective at preventing severe disease.
0: All right, I want to, uh, I've got to take a, a quick little one-minute break here, but when we come back, I want to ask you, what's it going to take to stop the pandemic? Boy, that's a big question. And then uh, which countries are leading the charge? And also about the uh, the mandates, which has been kind of the the hot topic in the last couple weeks. But first, you know, fall weather is here. Still time to get outside, enjoy your favorite activities, spend precious time with family and friends. You know, aches, pains, or an injury should not be part of the memories you're making. The therapists at Rush Physical Therapy are here for you. With more than 60 locations throughout greater Chicagoland, Rush's clinical experts will get you back to life. Go to rushpt.com today to schedule an appointment. Not sure if physical therapy is right for you, you can request a complimentary consultation and discover the power of rush physical therapy today. You know, Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. If you want more information about their products, visit vcel.com. That's V C E L. Dot com. Again, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole, producers, Alex Soroka. We're talking about the COVID vaccine and the mandates. And my next question, Dr. Cole, boy, everybody wants to know this. No one has the answer, but maybe you can enlighten us with some stats. What will it take to stop this pandemic?
1: So, you know, ultimately this there's this goal of herd immunity, and that comes about by the passage of time. Uh, by enough people getting the infection, and now what's in our control is enough people getting the vaccine. So while the best vaccines are very effective at preventing hospitalizations and death, it still requires a coordinated campaign to stop this pandemic. And if you speak to the infectious disease experts, they say that if we could get to 70 to 85% of the United States uh, population being uh, vaccinated, that would enable a return to so-called normalcy but we're still gonna require boosters. I think it's very clear from data, especially the Israeli data, that one needs to have a booster to keep this disease in check. And the good news is the boosters appear to be working, as we've talked about. On a global scale, scale, it's still pretty daunting to to achieve that level of vaccination. So at the current pace of about 11 million people getting their first uh, vaccination shot each day, the goal of halting the pandemic still, I would say, remains pretty elusive, Steve. I'm not sure you know, if it's going to happen around the corner when we're dealing with only 47% of the world being vaccinated at this point. But the good news is that manu- it, we're not so much limited by manufacturing capacity at this point. That's been increasing. We're doing a good job of redistributing redistrib- uh, surpluses around the world to places that are in need. Um, and now there's new vaccines that are being added uh, in terms of improving the capacity from uh, existing drug makers. So things are getting better. So it, it's, I think it's going to be a demand side problem, not a supply side problem when you look uh, to the industry, the vaccination industry itself.
0: Yeah, you know, just on a personal level, I, you know, you go to the local, I get my prescriptions from a local Jewel Osco and, you know, it seems like, uh, just even two months ago, um, not many people in line. Uh, now I see people not only for flu shots, but boy, you can kind of hear because they're not far from you, you know, closed off, but, um, even getting the booster shot now, but I see a lot of the older population kind of being convinced now, whether it's their first vaccine or their second, or a booster, but there's a lot more activity, and that's what we want to see compared to, I think, a couple months ago. So that's, I think that's a good
1: sign. No, there's no question. I, I, when I got my uh, booster, I went in, I, I must have talked to the guy at CVS for 45 minutes just to talk about what it was like, and you know, what some of the discussions were, and so forth, and, you know, sort of just, you know, really gave him some feedback to say how he himself is making a huge difference in providing vaccines to people, um, and doing it in an environment that, you know, is really, was really it was a really pleasant situation. It was very easy to do. It was very efficient. Um, but we've learned so much about the efficacy of the vaccine and now the efficacy of the booster. And people are seeing now with this 11-time difference in death rate, they're actually seeing and still seeing real-life experiences, things that are still close to them that say, look, maybe I had to get this done before it's too late.
0: What about around the country then, uh, around the world, I should say? What countries are leading the charge? And uh, we're, are we kind of learning from other countries as well, Dr. Cole?
1: We are, and I think it, it's fascinating how the strongest and most comprehensive specific data has actually come out of Israel. And th- really Israel was the first. You know, Steve, Israel is basically the size of Delaware, right? Not a very huh. big country, okay. And um, uh, but a very tight, uh, uh, connected uh, country in terms of their health care Environment and with access to data. And they were really the first to show that vaccines were actually bending the curve for COVID infections. They led the world in early vaccinations. And by February, okay, so here we are in November, by February, more than 84% of people over 70 had received two doses of the vaccine. Wow. And they immediately saw that COVID cases were declining. And they saw a similar pattern of vaccination and recovery uh, across dozens of other countries. So this is something that was, while first published uh, in, in highly reputed uh, peer-reviewed journals uh, from Israel, uh, other countries are repeating the same pattern. So the, the challenge is, though, that it's still a little bit under threat. There's new strains that uh, requ- now really require uh, uh, boosters in a more, uh, in, in a unprecedented way. That uh, was initially led, as you know, by the Delta variant. And that's where we saw these renewed outbreaks. We, you know, If you remember back in June and July, we were all feeling pretty good. We're going to restaurants. We're starting to get rid of the masks. Um, and things felt good. And then the next thing that happens is you get the Delta variant, and it was an entirely new outbreak. And in, 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 despite the vaccination rate in Israel, they saw another surge of cases. And, uh, but that was brought under control by offering boosters to vaccinate people. So it's very clear, for example, with the Pfizer vaccine, by the six-month mark, there tends to be a waning immune response. Um, and uh, the the booster in that there's a lot of vaccines that require boosters. There's nothing you know different about uh, COVID, um, this virus, and the need for a booster. This is a very common thing, and it doesn't mean it's not effective. It just means you have to stay on top of it to stay ahead of it. So, but worldwide, unvaccinated people are generally at more risk than ever because of these variants. And leading u.s health officials really are saying it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated i think it's very clear it is extraordinarily rare even in older patients to see them in the hospital when they're vaccinated even more importantly it's extraordinarily rare for an older person who is vaccinated who is hospitalized to see them die that is a stunning statistics so even those who are vaccinated, the Delta variant may lead to some mild cases. I will tell you when I had it, it was a very mild, uh, I had mild symptoms. I can't imagine what it would have been like if I wasn't vaccinated. I'll never know, thankfully. Uh, but understand that those who get sick still spread the disease to others, according to the latest data. So the vaccines remain effective at reducing hospitalizations and deaths, but it could still even vaccinated individuals can still transmit the Delta variant uh, or any variant, quite frankly. And that's important to understand as well. There may be some data that shows that Steve, you and I are, are vaccinated that we're less likely to colonize in large numbers uh, that if we are, are contagious, we're maybe less contagious because the numbers uh, the, the the copies, if you will, the viral copies are lower and we're maybe less uh, uh, able to spread it. But the, 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 the need for masks and some of the same things that you and I have been exposed to until we reach this herd immunity is still required because you and I can still spread this despite being vaccinated. So I think we can sort of ease some of the restrictions, but you, we cannot forget about the importance of the mask because despite being vaccinated, you and I can still spread this.
0: How about the mandates, Uh, Dr. Cole? Boy, this is a top priority for uh, uh, the president and uh, the White House. And, um, you know, it seems like uh, new information's coming out every week, but um, I admire it in a way because they're trying to put a stop to this and uh, they're starting to hit the businesses and the large corporations, right?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, as the managing partner for Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, we have nearly 700 employees and we also work within the Rush system. So, there's some precedence with how this is managed, and we've kept a close eye on how other uh, private practices around the country have been managing this. And I would say that the experts would clearly uh, indicate that the mandate is working in the workplace. So there's some interesting sort of uh, geopolitical activities. In September, Biden announced um, really sweeping vaccination mandates. The That mandate ordered all private sector businesses with more than 100 people to require that their workforce be fully vaccinated and if not, they have to be tested on a weekly basis. So that had an impact on nearly 80 million Americans. And there's emerging data now that shows that the effectiveness of the vaccine mandate uh, is, is very positive for state employees and businesses. Many of the mandates were actually announced this summer and are reaching deadlines. So they provide a good barometer for how effective the mandates are. And I would indicate that the provisional data is actually very positive that the mandates are working in reducing those who get the virus, those who get sick, and certainly those who die.
0: You mentioned um, Rush and uh, MOR, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, but locally it's uh, pretty much hit home here as well, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, when Rush announced it would be requiring all employees to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, the average hospital vaccine rate in the U.S. was around 65%. Following the October 1st mandate, the medical center now sits at 99% compliance. That's great. It is. Yeah. And United Airlines did some interesting things too, and we've looked at this. Um, They were one of the first big companies uh, to adopt a mandate and announced this week that 98.5% of their employees have been vaccinated. So just 593 out of 67,000 employees are uh, being faced with firing. It's a very small number when you think about it, but it can be devastating to a company uh, losing employees. We're already dealing with a uh, staffing shortage. Uh, the job market is completely upside down. Uh, there are still people who are not working, and we're having trouble with the service industry. We're having trouble in our field in getting people and So obviously it is a threat to the, to the success and um, uh, ongoing activities of any business, but I found it pretty interesting that at United Airlines there was only 593 of 67,000 that were being faced uh, 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 with job termination for refusing the vaccine. I think, with Steve, one of the more interesting ones is what Delta Delta did, uh, and I thought this is a uh, a really novel Delta approach. Airlines. Yeah. So what Delta Airlines did? Yeah. You exactly. Clarify. So Delta Airlines, not the Delta variant, um, what they did, and say in contrast, to United, they will charge. a month uh, health insurance surcharge for unvaccinated employees uh, starting November 1st. So that's already started. And and that actually induces their compliance to go to 82%. I would tell you, it's an interesting way to approach it because as a self-insured organization where your medical uh, disease burden actually tracks with your health care costs, you would argue that why would I, as an employee who is vaccinated, Why should I feel the financial burden of another individual who chooses not to be vaccinated should they be hospitalized? The healthcare costs to treat a COVID patient are enormous. It closed up to one-third of uh, medical institutions around the country during that time. They just could not keep pace. And in the absence of elective procedures and the requirements to sort of deliver all this high-level healthcare, many hospital institutions actually closed and because of the financial burden. And the cost of treating patients with COVID is exponentially greater than anything that we're seeing uh, historically. So you would argue that if you're self-insured, you know, the, the unwillingness for your coworker to be vaccinated has an economic, not just a health impact on you and the people around you, but also an economic impact that's very, sure. very real.
0: Absolutely. I want to ask you uh, before we get off about the uh, major sports leagues, because you're involved with the NBA, Um, some NBA players, it's happening in the NFL, saw it with Aaron Rodgers, uh, some NBA players um, adamant about their refusal to get vaccinated. Uh, What are you seeing uh, with your NBA and uh, uh, being the, you know, with with the uh, team physicians and the team doctors?
1: yeah so in uh you know it wasn't long ago at the end of september the nba reached a 95 percent threshold for those who were vaccinated and uh, that reflects a steady rise since uh, the opening of training camps uh, back in october and uh you know in the news was uh, andrew Wiggins who uh, was very adamant about uh, getting the vaccine and he is his, his his application for religious exemption was denied and he got vaccinated and uh, his coach said over the weekend that this prevented him from forfeiting more than $13 million in salary. So uh, like it or not, money talks in this situation. And that's why many Americans with a workplace mandate are actually getting vaccinated. So, you know, what's the pulse of of Americans? More than half of them favor these vaccine mandates in the workplace. There was a recent poll that showed 87% of those were unvaccinated said they would not get the shots even if their employers required them. So what you're seeing is the last vestiges of holdouts. The, fortunately, the numbers are low. You know, that number I told you, for example, what's going on at United Airlines, only 593 are sort of holding out, if you will, out of 67,000 employees. Uh, but, you know, it, what, what you're dealing with is when we're talking about this transition to herd immunity, Steve, is the remaining individuals are pretty steadfast in uh, their refusal, refusal to become vaccinated. And that really makes this current healthcare problem a problem of the unvaccinated not of the vaccinated.
0: So that's the, uh, the pad to hearth, following Dr. Cole, the uh, path to herd immunity, you know, uh, final question here in our, in our podcast. Um, are we going to get there?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I, this is a podcast I was looking forward to doing. Um, I, you know, why the, because I think we're, we can really serve uh, a public health issue in a positive way. And I, and I hope uh, all of our uh, viewers and listeners will pass this on to others. You know, The vaccine is very effective at preventing hospitalization and death. I've already told you about those numbers. 11 times more likely to die uh, if you are unvaccinated and hospitalized. It takes a real campaign to stop this pandemic. As I said, herd immunity will be in the 70 to 85% vaccinated rate. We're not there yet. Uh, we're on the 65 to 70% rate. Um, so, if we achieve that, uh, experts and infectious disease specialists say that we would uh, return to normalcy, 70 to 85% of the population. Globally, the latest vaccination rate is about 30 million doses per day on average. At that pace, it'll take another five months, five months to cover 75% of the population. So, we need to get there. So just to give you a sense of where we are now, the latest vaccination rate is about uh, 1.1 million doses per day. That's, that, that affects about 250,000 people uh, each day that are getting their first shot. So at that pace, it would take another four months in the United States to get 75% of the population uh, at least receiving one dose. And you're not fully, you're not fully safe with just one dose, by, by the way. So you need to have the full uh, vaccination profile to be considered uh, successfully vaccinated.
0: Yeah, think about the two shots and then booster as well.
1: That's right. After six months, the booster, and maybe before, depending on what the science is going to show us.
0: All right. Interesting stuff, Dr. Cole. We appreciate it. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed today's Sports Medicine Weekly episode. Now, be sure to add the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast to your playlist on Apple and Spotify. You can listen in anytime, place. Subscribe to the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. New Sports Medicine Weekly podcasts are shared weekly on social media. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and uh, finally to be your best you start with best practices eat better grow stronger reach higher at midwest orthopedics at rush their work is what best practices are built upon they're a team of leading physicians with the highest level of experience and training prolific researchers delivering pioneering breakthroughs orthopedic experts that other orthopedic specialists and their patients come to when they need individualized care get it done right the first time at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush you can visit RushOrtho.com slash the best for our producer Alex Soroka and Dr. Brian I'm Steve Cash and we thank you for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll talk with you down the line Thank you.